Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Is it worth it? The Film Review Podcast presents Road to the Oscars. Join us on this journey as we talk all things Oscars before the big event, the 92nd Academy Awards on Sunday, February 9th, 2020. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Road to the Oscars. And the Oscar goes to... Parasite. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to Road to the Oscars, and it is the end of the road. This is our final episode in our Road to the Oscars series, and we will be recapping all things Oscars as we discuss and reflect the winners and losers of the 92nd Annual Academy Awards. As you heard from that clip, the big award for Best Picture went to Parasite, which was not only in many ways an upset, but also a historic win, as Parasite becomes the first ever film in a foreign language to win Best Picture. It was a chaotic show, packed full of surprises, bizarre choices. It kept us on the edge of our seats, and it's now time to unbox all of the winners and reflect upon a fantastic year of film. Yes, that's right, Floss. And it is great to be joined in the studio once again by huge Oscar fans, Floss and Craig. Craig, Floss, how are you both? Yeah, not too bad. We're currently sitting in the middle of a storm, so yeah. Yes, just if, if you do hear it, we are in the middle of storm, Dennis, and he is proving to be a menace. Um, blustery conditions outside. Mm. Uh, and Floss, how are you? I am barely sentient. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Why is that? Well, because as we are recording, it's February 15th, uh, and last night I worked the Valentine's Day evening shift at the cinema, and my God, it was busy. (laughs) You were there, weren't you? Yeah, I was up there last night seeing two films for week 43, and I realised, I only realised when I was up there that I actually went to the cinema alone on Valentine's Day. (laughs) I did that last year, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, saw two films. Um, which we'll, we'll be reviewing on, on week 43. Yeah. Well, you know what I saw last year, though, on February the 14th? Can you remember what I booked myself in for? It w- Oh, it was something really... Wasn't it like a kid's film? No, it was Notting Hill. Oh, <laughs> what, on your own? <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I did try and get you to come, but you you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. We wouldn't go together on Valentine's Day. No. Um, let us kick off the show, then. What we're going to do is we are going to run through all the winners and losers. We're going to have a bit of discussion about who won, what we thought of that, and we're going to do it in the order that the show actually unfolded. So if you didn't watch the show, this is like a recap as it unfolded. And the first category to touch upon is Best Supporting Actor. Uh, the nominees were Tom Hanks, Anthony Hopkins, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, and Brad Pitt. And this Oscar for Best Supporting Actor went to the bookmaker's favourite, the one we were expecting it to, Brad Pitt. What were your guys' thoughts on his win and on his, what I thought was a fantastic acceptance speech? Um, I I was expecting it. Um, it was uh, it took a lo- it was a long time coming for him, mm. um, and well deserved. And his speech, yeah, was pretty spot on. Really, he's he's you know he's he's very PC, really, isn't he? If you think, yeah, about I it. mean, there was lots of humour in there. But w- also, what I liked is how he he related his journey from a a nobody to an Oscar winner mm. to the story. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he said, "How true is that?" Yeah. 
Um, and I actually heard a bit of a, uh, a fact that one of his first acting jobs was actually just down the road from where he finally won that um, coveted golden statue. So, mm. yeah, it was quite a magical story. Very nice. Yeah, no surprises. He's been nailing his speeches throughout the whole mm season um it does reach the point where you almost wish for an upset just so there was a bit more to talk about but he deserved it and yeah here we are yeah yeah he, he i thought his speech at the at the oscars was great but how about that speech at the baftas as well <laughs> that was funny um he wasn't <laughs> yeah. even there margot robbie read out a speech but that was absolutely brilliant um, you did well with your tweet, didn't you, David? Yes, yeah, so I did a tweet on the Is It Worth It uh, page, and that actually got you know eighty odd likes and twenty or thirty retweets, something like that. And maybe not as many as that in terms of the retweets, but it did very, very well. Um, one thing I would like to touch on briefly is I have now seen a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Uh, I just wanted to say that I thought Tom Hanks's performance was marvellous. Oh, sensational! Really heartfelt and <laughs> yeah, sensational. As we keep I'm on. Gonna- Start a tally. <laughs> <laughs> Floss is starting a tally. Apparently in the last Road to the Oscars episode, we said sensational too many times, so I'm trying yeah. to avoid it. But Tom Hanks' performance was was beautiful, I would say, in that film. Yeah, it was. It was really good. Um, shall we Floss. move on to the next category? Yeah, Floss, what is it? Uh, so it's Best Animated Feature, and the nominees were How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4, which was the winner. Well... Everybody knew that was going to happen. Yes, I mean, Toy Story 4 was the very short price bookmaker's favourite, but in the days leading up to the Oscars, Klaus actually really contracted in the betting market. It came right down until both of them were actually pretty much even money. Mm. So there was a a lot of late money and a lot of late momentum for Klaus. Um, So it wouldn't have been a huge shock if Klaus had won. I know one of our regular listeners, Paul Newbegin, loved that film, um, and he was really rooting for it. But ultimately, the power of Disney... um, yeah, I think. I mean, I, I've got nothing wrong with Toy Story Four. I like. I enjoyed the movie. It wasn't the best Toy Story movie by a long way, but I really enjoyed uh, Missing Link and How to Train Your Dragon, and I mm. I love the How to Train Your Dragon series. Yeah. Um. I remember when we went. I well when I when I went to go and see it, and the the children in the in the in the cinema were captivated by it. They were so quiet and enjoyed themselves so much. And I know when you went to go and see it, David, you were like, "That was absolutely brilliant." Yeah. So I hadn't seen the first two in the series uh, I think that's the fourth one the fourth one, one. Um, so yeah I hadn't seen some of the original ones but um, I absolutely adored it I thought it was it was a really really wonderful film I may have got that wrong but it doesn't matter I um, think it's the third yeah I think it is I think the third it, I think it is the third but um, Toy Story 4 I've got to be honest I, I'm I'm not disappointed it won but I think there are I think out of all of the four Toy Story films mm. I think it is the weakest link yeah, definitely. I found some of the character development and just where the plot went just not in line with previous um, stories like Woody's character development and Buzz. They both seem to go on very different paths. Yeah. So what, what, what did you think? Sorry, David. Cut you off there. That's fine. Well, the momentum had been building for Klaus. Like it won the BAFTA, didn't it? Mm. And I really thought, oh, maybe they're going to sort of jump out of Disney's um, lap for a little bit. Mm. But no. No. And I like Toy Story 4, even though I've got some massive gripes with suddenly the rules of that universe changed when the toys started becoming sat navs like do they talk can they talk but do they talk with voice boxes do they talk and people can hear them apparently they do but then i don't know it was it was really difficult to understand how the how it all worked where the magic was almost yeah i always assumed that you wouldn't as a human being hear them talking 
I don't know. This is going off topic. Sorry. But it's true though. It it, it, it just had a. Di- you just sort of lost your point of view with it almost, and your your love for it almost because it just. I don't know. It just didn't have the same vibe. Magic, did it? The same magic, yeah. I think that's what it is. I loved the experience of watching it. You know, I was enjoying it. Animation was beautiful, but it's the first film where I was thinking at the same time about the mechanics of it, which meant that I wasn't as swept up mm. in everything else (laughs) and maybe toy story 4 shouldn't have been made from a story perspective yeah i mean the last thing i'll say about toy story 4 is i hope they make a toy story 5 i believe that is the end of of that franchise but i hope they make a toy story 5 because i think there's more room for development and (laughs) and and a more satisfactory ending but this isn't a toy story 4 episode this is a road to the oscars episode craig should we move on to the next category we shall uh the next category that came up at the oscars was best animated short and the winner of that category was hair love now we didn't see any of those movies so we will not be discussing uh these in great detail Uh, i'm sorry if there's there's notifications coming through right now if you can all hear that um do apologize let me put that on silent um anyway it doesn't matter um but david uh going back to you then for best original screenplay yeah so the nominees for best original screenplay were knives out marriage story 1917 once upon a time in hollywood and parasite and the winner here was parasite and this represented a really big win for parasite it's one of the main uh, awards of the night on the undercard um obviously other nominees in there you know great films like once upon a time in hollywood Marriage Story as well. I thought the screenplay for Knives Out was brilliant, but for a 1917 nominated as well. But for Parasite to win that Best Original Screenplay was obviously a very, very big award, their first award of the night. And it was perhaps the first sign of things to come. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it wasn't so much a massive surprise to me because it's a a masterful piece of filmmaking and a really, a very brilliant original piece of uh, a screenplay as well and um knives out was the one that i was sort of rooting for for original screenplay um i think that was happy just to be nominated i think they were pleased just to be there well yes but i I would have liked to have seen that at least take something they've confirmed a sequel now as well oh really yeah why can't it just be a standalone thing there's gonna be a sequel why do they have to make sequels for these things it does annoy me um but no parasite worthy winner (laughs) worthy winner I feel like there was a lot of categories that hinged on how much is the Academy going to embrace Parasite. Mm. It's like there was the Parasite... Parasite? I just called it Parasite. Parasite. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I was not sentient. Um, That's most unfortunate. (laughs) We'll forgive you, Floss. I'm sure. That's not my review of the film. (laughs) (laughs) Parasite was the deserving one in a few categories. But, yeah, it came down to... is the academy ready for a subtitle film mm. um so yeah there was this thing i feel like it was once upon a time in hollywood the alternative winner i think the alternative was yeah once upon a time in hollywood was was potentially um the the second favorite obviously marriage story had a chance in there as well um but once upon a time i think once upon a time in hollywood in a, in in a different year would probably have taken that category um but yeah it, Very, was, it yeah. was Parasite that took it. And I think Floss hits the nail on the head. 
this gave us a, an, an implication that the Academy was starting to accept this foreign language film, this subtitled film, and it was um, a brilliant win. And it was the first tick in the box saying, yeah, Parasite has got a genuine chance now of, of going on to win that best picture. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Floss, best adapted screenplay then, please. <laughs> the Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women and The Two Popes. And the winner was Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, so this was the bookmaker's favourite. It was the one that people expected to win. This was a bit of a two-horse race um, between Jojo Rabbit and Little Women. Um, I know quite a lot of people were a massive fan of the adapted screenplay for Little Women. I know, Craig, you were a big fan of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I believe this is the ninth adaptation on the big screen of this film. Um, So, obviously, this is something that's been done before, but it's very, very important to take that original source material and funnel it into something that's unique, relevant and enjoyable and 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 that's what little women did so well even though it's quite an old story it felt very very fresh and i think that's testament to what was a great adapted screenplay yeah i mean greta gerwig did a fantastic job of changing Thor- uh, florence Pugh's character in in some ways and giving her a bit more to do and a bit more i don't know relevance in this modern era almost even though it's not set in this era she has a bit more to say about herself and a bit more motive. And that's what I really liked about the film, that they gave all of the characters that, just that bit more. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked, but I am upset. The tide had turned for J.J. Rabbit. It started w- like winning a few really mm. important ones. Brindle, I can't talk today. It won the Writers Guild. Yes. And then BAFTA. And by that point, I don't think anyone was still thinking that women would get it. Even mm. though I really enjoyed that film, I liked both of them. Um, I'd say Little Women was more cohesive in its screenplay. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, but Jojo Rabbit was a brilliant movie, uh, without without any doubt. Um, whether it deserved to win is another question because they're all of those adapted screenplays are really, really amazing movies, yeah. aren't they? I mean. Little Women, The Two Popes, wow. Yeah, The um, Two Popes was one of my biggest surprises of the year. Yeah, same. It's still currently available on Netflix. Well worth watching. I thought this is just going to be two old religious white guys. It's going to be really, really thoroughly boring. But it wasn't. It was. I was so captivated by it. And that is testament to, because it's very dialogue heavy, a brilliant screenplay. Maybe, um, um, oh, sorry. No, please do continue. Is Jojo Rabbit possibly the most um, sort of radical interpretation of the source material? Because I don't think Imaginary Friend Hitler is in that book, is it? I don't know. I don't know if, if that is true or not, but as, it, as yeah, perhaps it is so radical and perhaps, so different yeah. and, and adapted in such a way that it really spoke to uh, the Academy in, in that sense that it's managed to do something that they, maybe they, these films hadn't been able to do. Um, but still, I enjoyed a lot more of those films more than maybe Jojo Rabbit. Mm. And that's why I'm a bit upset. But it still deserved to win, really, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the next category, Craig. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what that was? Uh, so this is Best Live Action Short. Um, the winner went to The Neighbours Window. Uh, again, we haven't seen any of these, so it's really hard for us to be able to discuss these. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we could move on then to the to We just wanted to discuss, design. actually, who, who was... Um, Presenting that award. Oh, it who was, was it? It was Shia LaBeouf. Oh, sorry. Yes. And uh, Zach Gottesen, I believe his name is. Uh, Gottesen. Gottesen. I'm sorry. My ne- I really must learn to say people's mm. names that have a slight, I don't know, 
difference. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I know. It's uh, I'm I'm terrible. I'm a terrible human being. Um, no, they are the stars of the Peanut Butter Falcon, mm. uh, a movie that I I absolutely adored, and Shivani absolutely adored that as well. And we reviewed that on one of the earlier uh, main show episodes. Um, and what a job did they do? I mean, Brilliant, yeah. they were fantastic. Um, you know, Zach really tried his absolute best to like you know, not pay attention to all the audience and stuff. And and he managed to... He did a great he job. He just did yeah. a fantastic job. Um, Obviously, he's a Down syndrome young man. And uh, David, we were discussing earlier, this I believe might he's, be... he's the first person with Down syndrome to ever present an Academy Award. So it represented a, a massive step in the right direction in terms of diversity and the people that are presenting these awards. I haven't seen The Peanut Butter Falcon, but I've heard amazing things about it. It's on my to-watch list. But I just thought... And what I loved about it was Shia LaBeouf with him and they've become very good friends and he was really helping him along and supporting him and cheering him on. And for that young man to stand up in front of the world in some, yep. of, some of the biggest A-list celebrities and deliver that award, um, I thought it was brilliant. And like we said, the award for best live action short went to The Neighbours Window. I just wanted to add as well, that little bit of interaction between them two of them and you could see that friendship there. Yeah. That's only a small a part of what you see happening in the film because yeah. they are basically like brothers in that film mm. they begin they start off as friends and go all the way through to being just this close brotherhood almost and you got that sense just from that yeah. you know award reading um so yeah really good part of the the oscars uh david then moving on to best production design so after that we had the nomin the award for best production design the nominations were the irishman jojo rabbit 1917 once upon a time in hollywood and parasite and this was a really interesting category because there was a lot of theories suggesting that if Parasite was going to go on to win Best Picture, then something like production design was was something it needed to win. The same for 1917. People thought if, if 1917 and Parasite were going to go on to win that Best Picture, this could be a, a really interesting category. But it actually went to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and I'm delighted because I thought the production design in that film was sensational. I've said this before. <laughs> no, oh, tally there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> literally just two? wrote it on that that is two uh, no I did I, and I'm not going to say sensational again but well, it was okay but it was um, like I've said before Quentin Tarantino didn't make a film he built a time machine he transported us back to 1969 Hollywood and the production design in that film was absolutely gorgeous no yeah it really was uh, I remember sitting here with you reviewing this movie and just talking about the production design and how much detail Tarantino went into um with his movie there and it was just it was really 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 spectacular and you do you did get that sense of being transported back in time mm. it was great that was our prediction wasn't it yeah yes yeah. it was yeah it was the bookmaker's favorite and it was one that I was really really keen on in in that regards I thought once upon a time in Hollywood was going to win and ultimately it did uh, so for costume design the Irishman JJ Rabbit Joker Little Women once upon a time in Hollywood um, oh, and the winner was Little Women. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I mean, you were rooting for Joker, weren't you, David, a little bit? Uh, I mean, I thought the, the costumes in Joker were were brilliant. Um, I, I, this was a, a bit of a two-horse race, I felt, between Jojo Rabbit and Little Women, uh, and also Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, so a three-horse race. <laughs> um, but... Uh, if I was rooting for, for a film in this category, it would have been Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but um, Little Women obviously had several nominations, so it would have gone home empty-handed if it hadn't have, hadn't have taken this category. So overall, I'm quite pleased that Little Women does get a little bit of, um, a little bit 
Little Women gets a little bit of recognition at the Academy Awards and does pick up that best costume design. I think it's well deserved, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the costumes of a period drama always are a bit more intricate and a bit more detail goes into it. Goes into it. I mean, with Joker... You know, it's a bit looser, it's a bit scruffier, you know, but that's part of the mm. the mise-en-scene almost with the costume design. Um, but Jojo Rabbit, yeah, good costume design. Again, uh, just a little bit more flamboyant in a way. Yeah. And it wasn't so historically accurate, perhaps. Um, and The Irishman, yeah, it was great. And once upon a time, again, it was it was a time machine, but um, just not as much details needed. You don't need to have a look historically at what the costume design might be in the past. And I think with Little Women, you've got to go back and do your research. Uh, with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you could also just go to the shops and perhaps find, you know, in a secondhand shop, the clothes that you might need instead of having to build it all from scratch. Yeah. Almost. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's, a, it's not 60s versus... Was he historically a much older film? So yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Just speaking of historically accurate war costumes, where's 1917 on that list? Yeah. I know, I know, we've already been through all the nominations and snubs in the previous episodes, but they like down to the underwear they were wearing historically accurate things. And that's yeah, the cost the costume design was 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 spot on in 1917. Yeah, actually, yeah, that is a bit of a snub, isn't it? Really. But, Definitely. But then again, who who would you take out of that if you were going to put 1970? Joker, maybe. Yeah, I'd take out Joker. I thought his costume was great, but, you know, the others, they were just costumes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like some of Arthur Fleck. I liked Arthur Fleck's overall look, and that finally his end-up Joker costume, I thought, was the the vibrancy of it was very unique and yeah. something that I'd never really seen before. It was a very different take on the Joker, I felt. I'm, I'm sure I've read somewhere that Joaquin Venus had a lot of input in his cost into his oh, really? costume as well. And like most of the film, it basically is Joaquin Phoenix's film in in a lot of respect. Yeah. Um, and, and I love it. But if I was nominating myself um as as an awarding body, I'd have gone gone for what was probably a much bigger undertaking mm. in fitting all those extras mm. and yeah, again huge. I think that's a very very valid point yeah uh, so the next category was best documentary I'm getting all the ones that we're not really going to discuss in these <laughs> well. uh, so the winner of that was American Factory and uh, yeah again we did, we haven't seen any of these and you know what it, there, there a lot of them weren't really playing at the uh, our local cine world and further afield actually some of them weren't and if they were they were mainly like one day Q&A ones mm. Uh, and unfortunately for us, it's really difficult for us to to get round to seeing all of those as well. Um, but we are going to make a conscious effort uh, next year to go and see some more. I mean, one that I did see was Apollo 11, and I thought that would have been yeah. nominated, but Snubbed. it wasn't. I that saw was that in the IMAX, and that was sensational. <laughs> hey, <laughs> number three. Um, no, it was it was one of the big big biggest snubs of 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 the uh, of. The nominations, when the nominations came out, it was a massive snub. Apollo 11 visually was quite masterful. Mm. Um, but yeah, the winner there was American Factory. Another one that worth mentioning, For Sama, um, which did actually win the BAFTA. It looked like it was going to be between those two. Um, we haven't seen either. But like Craig said, we are going to make a more conscious effort to try and see those in the future. I was wondering if that was more of a sort of US versus everywhere else split because American Factory, you know the production company for that is Barack Obama and Michelle Obama's production company. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, and obviously the American audiences 
maybe leaned slightly more towards that one than For Summer, which I thought maybe was the front runner. Mm. Yes, definitely was. Uh, so let's move on to the next category, which is another documentary category. It's Best Documentary Short. And this went to Learning to Skateboard in a War Zone if you're a girl. Again, we haven't seen this, but from the clips that I saw of this, Craig, it looked it looked wonderful. It looked like a really interesting documentary, obviously a short documentary, one we haven't seen. But um, do you know what I love about when people win for documentary and documentary short? It's people that you haven't necessarily heard of, that aren't necessarily in the Hollywood spotlight, that get that opportunity to stand up on the big stage in front of everyone, talk about their film. And I really enjoyed listening to the, these very passionate filmmakers talk about the short documentary they'd made. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I definitely would like to try and catch these at some point and see if I can find them. And if we do, um, I will let people know where you can find them. Uh, Floss, next category, please. Well, it's Best Supporting Actress. We've got Kathy Bates, Laura Dern, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh and Margot Robbie. And the winner was, of course, Laura Dern. Of course. Of course. David was saying this from the very beginning. Yes, I said this from... Well, it wasn't necessarily me that was saying this. It was the betting market. The betting market was incredibly strong on all four acting categories, particularly Laura Dern. I imagine you sitting in like a hot seat with multiple computer screens and... Doodars around Well, I everywhere. follow it from as soon as the betting market becomes available, uh, I am on it and I am looking. Um, and it's amazing. Do you have like Morse code and communicate yeah. with other betting Well, what I, what I really want to do next <laughs> yeah. year with your help is to actually plot out on a graph mm. all of the different films, their prices and the way the market moves to see if I can correlate some sort of data, some sort of Do you algorithm. think you could do this in Excel yourself? I don't think I could. <laughs> Really? I'm terrible on computers. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but in terms of in terms of this category, I think Florence Pugh in Little Women was brilliant. Uh, Margot Robbie in Bombshell, obviously, um, I found that a very powerful performance. Scarlett Johansson in Jojo Rabbit um, really stole the show for me. Um, there were some real show-stopping scenes there, very, very emotional. Um, Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell, I haven't actually seen yet, unfortunately. But Laura Dern in Marriage Story, that there was... That supporting actress role was so key to the overall narrative and she just held it so well. And a lot of people on film Twitter and other film critics have said that this wasn't necessarily Laura Dern's best performance, but there was something special about it in the context of this film and in the context of her career as well. She was definitely overdue an Oscar and I'm delighted that she won. If you're you're thinking of it about about it in like a graph format, the points correlated and crossed paths and it it was her time to win that award. Absolutely, yeah. Um, But I would have loved to have seen Florence Pugh take that 100%. Me too. She's a a future Oscar winner, I think, Florence Pugh. I think this performance (laughs) in Little Women will have propelled her into some bigger director eyes in Hollywood. I mean, I've said it on the last episode and I'll say it again. Her year last year was just amazing. Mm. Starting off with Fighting With Your Family, moving on to uh, Midsummer or Midsoma, whatever you call it, uh, and then and then completing the year with, with uh, Little Women. What a year. And she's got Black Widow next. Yeah. So she's not stopping. Did you see she got ID'd when she arrived on the red carpet? What? She had to give over her driving licence. I did not see that. That's hilarious. Did oh, they not wow. recognise her or something? Oh, I don't know. It's I was watching someone like going analysing people's outfits and they just showed her in the background kind of handing over and being like checked by a bodyguard. <laughs> Bizarre. 
She did look fantastic as well. Before we move on to the next category, it would be really interesting to say that after the Best Supporting Actress, there was a surprise shock performance from none other than Eminem. It was re- a bit of a shock, wasn't it? I mean, they showed all those clips before yeah. um, of, with, of like of, of be- previous winners of, of, of an award. I can't remember. It must have been Best um, Sound Editing or might perhaps Best Supporting Actress. It was, ve- it was sound. So they must were showing, sound, yeah. showing um, songs from films That's and clips it. from films, mostly songs, and yep. obviously showing how these have been mixed and edited in. And there was a little bit from 8 Mile in there, yeah. um, but not a lot. And then suddenly the stage seemed to rise up or something something happened yeah and, and then um, suddenly eminem was on it and we looked at each other and went what um now i'm what? a big eminem fan i'm a big fan of his original work i'm a big i'm still a big fan of his um work that comes out i really liked his latest album that dropped not that long ago i thought his performance was great but i think there may have been a problem with his microphone because it didn't come across as clear as as it seemed i i i, I can't comment on that to me it just sounded like he was doing his thing. Um, it was, you know what? It was great, and I'm not a fan of Eminem. Um, I I don't like his music. Um, but lose yourself is a good song. It is a good song, and I think his performance was amazing, and it yeah. was a massive surprise. But um, I enjoyed it nonetheless. I was I was very surprised. But yeah, really enjoyed it. Plus, did you see it? I have not seen that bit yet. Um, I heard about it. That was probably the most kind of meme worthy bit, except from a bit we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was a bit odd. 17 years after the song was relevant at the Oscars. <laughs> I tell you what was interesting is they cut to Martin Scorsese in the middle of um, Eminem's performance and he did not look like he was enjoying it. No. But after that fantastic um, performance, what we had then was the two sound categories. Uh, so Floss, if you would like to introduce the first one. So sound editing, we have Ford v Ferrari, Joker 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And the winner was Ford v Ferrari. Okay, um, and we we discussed this last time, the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. Floss, can you remember those differences? Uh, so sound editing in this case would have been the um, like collection and recreation of sounds to fill in gaps around what they recorded on the day, I think. So sound mixing would have been the mixing of everything into one cohesive piece of sound. And balancing it and making sure the right stuff was at the right levels and that things were coherent and audible. So with that, in that respect, Ford versus Ferrari, I think was definitely the, one of the top runners there. We did say this, didn't we? We did say this was a two-horse race um, between Ford versus Ferrari and um, 1917. And we did say that we thought Ford versus Ferrari could potentially do very well in the sound categories. But this was a real, not necessarily a shock because they were both genuine contenders, mm. but this was the first alarm bells ringing for 1917. So for a film that wanted to go on and win Best Picture, it needed to be picking up awards on the undercard, and that included winning sound editing. So when that went to Ford versus Ferrari, having already run screenplay, we now had two ticks in the Parasite box, so it did look like Parasite at this point as the pendulum was flowing. Mm. or Is it flowing or ebbing? What does a pendulum do? Swing. As the pendulum was swinging, something was swinging. I don't know what. Um, But things (laughs) were swinging and things were changing. The tide was The tide was in the favour of Parasite. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) The tide does ebb and flow. Yeah. Yeah. But a pendulum swings. Yeah. So there was swinging and ebbing and flowing, but it was in the direction (laughs) of Parasite. I hope that makes sense. I I think so. (laughs) Um, So 
sound mixing then, uh, the nominations were Ad Astra, Ford versus Ferrari, Joker, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the winner was 1917. So it finally took an award there uh, for be- best sound mixing um, and well-deserved, definitely. Um, Floss, definitely you would have been quite excited about that. Yeah, I mean, having still not seen every single film um, in this kind of years, this year's collection. Yeah. I need to wake up a little bit more. <laughs> more coffee. Um, I mean, 1917 is my my film of this season, just because I admire the craft so much and mm. I admire the performances so much. But uh, I don't know. It was another split, I guess. UK audiences um, have embraced it massively, like it swept the BAFTAs um, mm. and just didn't do the same here. Yeah. But it was, having lost editing, it needed to win sound mixing, so it was an important win. And the next category, uh, the next award was for Best Cinematography, and the nominations were The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There was absolutely no surprise here that it went to Roger Deakins and 1917, and I could not think of a more worthy winner. The cinematography in that film was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, we hadn't seen at that point in time The Lighthouse um, and we have since seen The Lighthouse and it is it is extraordinary. It's a worthy nomination. Definitely, in that category. definitely worthy nomination. Um, but it was always going to be 1917. Yeah. Um, Roger Deakins, yeah, always going to be that. I mean, I, I thought the, the Irishman had a real shot just simply because of everything that went into that production in terms of the making of the digital de-aging had to incorporate a lot of the cinematography and that meant shooting with three cameras simultaneously like attached to each other in a a weird setup so that they could, you know, capture the the markers on the face and that's a real technical effort and that is testament to the cinematography on on that set. Um, So I did think they might consider it for that because obviously the Academy is a scientific almost uh, award ceremony in some respects. Um, But no, 1917 is definitely the winner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Floss is looking very happy in the studio and it was the bookmaker's favourite at one to a hundred. So you had to put a hundred pounds on just to win one pound. So Roger Deakins was a very, very short priced favourite to win that award. Behind me. Floss, our next category, well, I was please. Gonna say, oh, most sorry. Of my, no, most of my stuff to say about 1917 is in this category, which <laughs> best film editing: Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite. And there's one not there, um, but the winner <laughs> was Ford versus Ferrari. Mm. Yeah, um, this was a shock to me, to be honest with you. This was massive. So we've just had. Um, 1917 win sound mixing it then wins best cinematography and the editing category is is a really important category when it comes to best picture and this is the one where i thought parasite needs to win this Mm. to have a genuine best picture chance and it loses to ford versus ferrari so this is where the momentum was now swinging back to 1917 having just won two awards in a row it almost it didn't win this award but Neither did Parasite, yeah. so it was it was in, for out of the two of them. Obviously, it was a much better category for 1917, even though it wasn't nominated. It was genuine, genuine shock when I when this happened. I was like, I, I did not expect Ford versus Ferrari to win this category whatsoever. I thought, mm. you know, perhaps Parasite, perhaps The Irishman, perhaps even, you know, Joker could take it. Um, but no, I really didn't expect it whatsoever. I was in genuine, genuine shock. This oh, was oh, sorry. 
No, I was just going to say, from a betting perspective, this was the, one of the tightest categories. So Ford versus Ferrari was even money, and um, Parasite was also even money. Um, so it was very, very close from a betting perspective. So it was always really going to be between one of those two. Um, but it was a big surprise for Ford versus Ferrari and a big tick in the box for 1917. And Floss, I know you're quite angry that 1917 wasn't nominated in this category. No, and not the BAFTAs either. Yeah. I just, I know maybe they think editing is, you know, when it's like, bam, 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 here's a cut. Mm. Or like, you know, here's a significant cut away from one thing to another. Or here's no. a, but again... 1917 with multiple takes edited cleverly. Yeah. <laughs> and it just mm, blows my mind. But it, it actually disturbs me a little bit that this wasn't nominated for some myself as a as a filmmaker and edits a, a, a lot of commercial things. I was shocked that this wasn't nominated. It takes a lot more to edit a piece of film like that. Um yes, in the pre-production it would have been planned how the cuts would have happened. But you still have to work with the editor to make sure that they know how that that's going to work. And, you know, in the post-production, it's not just, right, this is how we've done it. Let's see if you can stitch it together. No way. Um, the, there's going to have to be some very clever CGI editing going in there to link things together. And I'm really disappointed that it wasn't nominated and that somebody has clearly misinterpreted what editing is all about. I feel like it was the most impressive editing of the year in that, you don't notice it. Exactly. That's the whole point of editing. You know, what What was the winner last year? Can we remember? Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, and that was a <laughs> dreadful ed edit on that movie. Cut after cut after cut after cut. It was disturbing. And it was not <laughs> It was not how a movie should be cut together. It was really bad. And yet it won the Oscar. I feel like they, it's, it's uh, they, you know, it's not, editing should not be a visible thing. It should be seamless and it shouldn't distract. Bohemian Rhapsody distracted. 1917 did not. And that is what... Yeah. Uh, and that's how it should be. And there's, So there's two cuts to black in the entirety of 1917. Obviously one is at the end and one is at a very crucial point. Yeah, kind of halfway without through without spoiler. spoiling yeah. anything. But the fact that they've they've given you two sort of breaks in the whole mm. thing and they're so crucially executed and the fact that with just a simple fade to black, they do s not even fade. Sorry, a simple cut to black. They they mm, the impact of everything. Yeah, and it's like that's someone who really knows what they're doing. Yep. Yeah, and and as well that whole that 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 point in time that fade to black or that cut to black is essential for the passage of time mm. in that story. And it, it it's perfectly done, absolutely perfectly done. You and feel I, it. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do feel it. Um, but we could go on for ages talking yeah, about this. Last, we really could. The last thing I would say, I've said it on the on the show before, the editing category is really important when it comes to Best Picture. Only one film in the last 40 years has won a Best Picture without an editing nomination, and that was Birdman. So editing is really crucial when it comes to winning that Best Picture Oscar. Mm. Uh, so the next category is Best Visual Effects. Now, this was presented by James Corden and Rebel Wilson. <laughs> they came out on stage dressed as their... They're cats, cost characters in, yes. in in a in not quite as good costume, I must say, because before obviously in in the film they're obviously done with CGI. Um, mm. but they came out to really ridicule the visual effects in that movie, um, which the visual effects um society, I believe it was, have cut, hit back at the academy for for this this little bit of a snub there, uh, mainly because um no movie can tell a story well 
if the visual effects are bad. I think I said that completely wrong. So hang on a second. The the story has to be good for the visual effects to work as yes, well. That's so correct. if the visual effects are crap, it has nothing on the story. Basically, you know, it's down to the story whether or not this film worked. And they they were trying to blame the visual effects, but actually. It, the story's key, the directing is key, and and they were they were pants. Yeah. So the visual effects weren't that bad. I mean, there were some points in it where it was a bit ropey, but it was rushed. It was yeah. rushed. Um. But anyway, we could really diverge into that a I, lot. Yeah, I don't like them laughing about it. No. Because they're trying to be in on the joke, but they are the joke. I yeah. don't. I don't like them trying to pin it all on visual effects no. for the failure. I thought Rebel Wilson and James Corden were terrible in the film. Mm. And that was because of what they were doing, not because of what the animators were doing. Absolutely. Hell, uh, th- nail meat head there. I think they were trying to present a get-out-of-jail-free card and say this film was bad because the visual effects were bad. Yeah. No, the film was just bad in general. <laughs> bad in general, but bad because of the acting, bad because <coughs> of the directing, and, and so many different elements combined together to make a bad movie. And I think yeah. by standing up at the Academy Awards in cat costumes and they were smacking the microphones pretending to be cats, they were almost trying to distract from the fact that the film was bad and nothing can distract from the fact that Cats was absolutely terrible. Mm. She was a highlight at the BAFTAs though, Rebel Wilson. She was funny at the BAFTAs, mm. not funny here. No. I was just Controversial thinking, at the BAFTAs, wasn't yeah. she? What you were saying about effects not actually affecting story is so true because when you look at old films or even old games, like games like Bioshock, which have aged terribly yep. graphics-wise, but the story holds up immaculately. And yeah, like... Some of the old, like Toy Story 1, doesn't look great now. It's a bit blocky almost. But that's, you know, yeah. no, no one's going to now turn around and say that's a bad film. No, story is king. And I've always said that. Um, anyway, so the nominations for Best Visual Effects were Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, 1917, yay! Uh, the Lion King, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and the winner went to 1917. Yay. David's face was like, well, what's that noise? Oh yeah, sorry. I've I just didn't realize we moved on to the next category. I was quite quite. We hadn't. That <laughs> oh, is. So, oh, we were. Oh, so we hadn't actually even mentioned the nominees. No. Yet. no. Oh, blimey. Yes. Sorry, I'm back on planet Earth. I've also consumed a bit more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 1917, as I just said, took the uh, award there for best visual effects and uh, floss over the moon. I'm guessing. I'm over the moon. Well, because. There was a bit of a weird run-up to this win. It was going to maybe The Lion King and then maybe Avengers, but then yeah. at the end it sort of came around to rest on 1917. Thank, thank goodness. Yeah, David, you were quite keen on Lion King taking it. Yeah, so the Avengers Endgame was actually the bookmaker's favourite going into the BAFTAs. Um, it was the, not a short price, but a relatively short price. And then 1917 won at the BAFTAs, yeah. and that became the favourite. I was quite keen on The Lion King, because The Lion King won the Visual Effects Society Awards, and 10 out of the last 17 years, the winner of that award has gone on to win the Oscar. Yeah. Um, but 1917 won this, and I just want to touch upon how important this section of the show was because sound mixing goes to 1917 best cinematography goes to 1917 um parasite then fails to win editing and then 1917 wins best visual effects so three of the last four awards have gone to 1917 and this is where that juggernaut is starting to gain a bit of momentum and it's looking like 1917 is going to go on to win best picture at this point i was thinking 1917 is starting to gain um, the momentum it needs. 
So it was a really important um, little section. So moving on to the next award, and it was for Best Hair and Makeup. The nominees were Bombshell, Joker, Judy, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and 1917. The winner, and the worthy winner, I think, I think we're all in agreement here, uh, was Bombshell. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a worthy winner, um, but 1917, again, I think Floss said this on the last episode, that there was a lot of people that needed hair, makeup, and whatnot, and prosthetics, and what whatnot in this movie. Um, so, I mean, that would have been a, a hell of a task to undertake, and could have been the second sort of film to take that award, really. Even Maleficent, you know, a lot of hard work went into that. Yeah. But I suppose there, there can only be one winner. Yeah, and uh, Bombshell definitely was the person or the award, sorry, to take that one, um, or the movie to take that one, I should say. Uh, moving on then, Floss. So, Best International Feature Film, Corpus Christi, Honeyland, Les Miserables, Pain and Glory, and Parasite. Who who can possibly guess what won? <laughs> <laughs> it was Parasite. Yeah, uh, uh, we knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, a worthy winner for Best International Feature Film. And as you said, David, the momentum was now growing huge for Parasite and 1917. Um, and at this point, we knew Parasite was going to take it. So it was still sort of even legs, I think, Yeah. Um, yeah. at that point. Um, but then the, the category after that was Best Original Score. And the nominations for that was Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. And the winner went to... Or the award went to Joker for its original score. Um, how does everyone feel about that? Delighted. Um, I thought the score... Uh, the, the two best things about Joker were Joaquin Phoenix's performance and the score. Uh, and both of them won at the Academy Awards. Um, the score was chilling, haunting. It was almost a character in its own right. It took on uh, a presence in the cinema. Really sent shivers down my spine. Uh, it was a great score. So, yeah, I'm very happy. It makes um, Hilda Grunadotta, it makes her the first uh, ever woman to win from a dramatic score and the fourth women composer overall to win. Wow, what words did I just say? <laughs> Basically, it's a, it's a groundbreaking win for her and I'm very happy because it was a great score. There's a place in my heart for Thomas Newman, but you all know that already. And I mm. also, I think it's... If I could have swapped one of them out, Star Wars, even though I'm a huge fan, I'd have given it to um, Alan Silvestri instead for Avengers. I thought that was a great score, and what a yeah. shame it didn't get anything. And yeah. I believe it's also the first person from Iceland ever to win an Oscar. Oh. So they have been nominated before, but it's the first Icelandic person to win an Academy Award. Mm. Well, moving on to Best Original Song then. Uh, this was uh, an entertaining part of the show. Um, I, I don't know if this happened at this point in time, but the nominations for this film were I Can't Let You Throw Yourself Away from Toy Story 4, I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man, I'm Standing With You, Breakthrough, Into the Unknown from Frozen 2, and Stand Up from Harriet. And the winner from this one was I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. Um, at, 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 this, at some various point in the uh, awards ceremony into the unknown was being sung on yeah. stage uh, by various different actresses uh, who perhaps may have voiced or performed for into the unknown Sorry. <laughs> um, it's a great song it has taken a lot of time for it to grow on i think most of us here yeah. actually no it grew on me instantly did it really oh, i loved it, it instantly i loved that song actually doesn't paramore do a version of it that's in oh, the end credits. Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco, sorry. Um, <laughs> it's not, really? not quite the same no, singer. <laughs> no. Um, it's a good song. Mm. What did we say about Frozen anyway? 
Um, did we say that the story for Frozen Two wasn't was better than the songs? That's what you said. I just I found the whole of Frozen, the first one, a bit underwhelming musically and story wise. What was the story? Not really anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it was funny that Frozen Two didn't get an animated feature, even though it was it was breathtakingly animated and yeah. it was kind of yeah to one side slightly and this did not win for best original song no but the the winner obviously i'm gonna love me again from rocket man that was gonna be a, a pretty much a clear winner i think yeah um a great song um and uh yeah a worthy worthy winner david then so the next category and this is a hell of a big category it's best director um the nominations were martin scorsese the irishman todd phillips joker sam mendes 1917 Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho, Parasite. And the winner here, this was a massive, massive shock. Yeah. Sam Mendes was the short-priced one-to-eight favourite with the bookmakers, and he had had a, a great deal of success winning the Golden Globes, the Producers Guild of America Award, and the BAFTA. So all the precursors had gone to nineteen uh, um Sam Mendes and 1917. Yeah. And then, boom... Bong Joon-ho wins, and it's literally like dropping a firework into a box of pigeons. The whole place just went off. It was a massive, massive win. And as soon as Bong Joon-ho won Best Director, it just completely blew the doors off for the Best Picture race. It could have been, from this point onwards, it could be either one of those films that's going to take Best Picture. Um, But we're thinking maybe 1917 is going to win because Parasite's now taken... A, a top, top, top award now for Best Director, but equally, does that mean it's actually worthy for Best Picture? And we're getting really excited now, yeah. and we're getting really into watching the Oscars, and we're thinking, who the hell is going to win? I remember being with Craig, and, and when Bong Joon-ho won Best Director, I thought, does this enhance his chances of a Best Picture win, mm. or does it mean they're actually spreading the awards out? So we're going to give Best Director to Bong Joon-ho, but actually... 1917 is going to win Best Picture. But it turned out to be the opposite, that all the momentum now, that pendulum was swinging back to um, Parasite. Massive, massive shock. I mean, which which um, award... Was it the Critics' Choice where they tied? Yes. And, and that, that... Yeah. I would have loved that. I know it was not going to happen. I love Bong Joon-ho, and I think 1917 was impeccably directed. Um, but again, there's only one winner, and I'm not I'm not unhappy. Unhappy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I also wanted to touch upon Bong Joon-ho's speech. I thought he gave a really wonderful speech here. Obviously, he's spoken um, South Korean. I believe that that would be the language he was speaking in. Yeah. Um, and he had a translator, but he was talking a lot about people that had inspired him. And he actually said a Martin Scorsese quote and picked out Martin Scorsese and thanked him for his inspiration. Yeah, he mentioned Todd Phillips as well. He mentioned all of the directors that were pretty much nominated. And and what I loved is when he mentioned Scorsese, Scorsese just gave a little wave and then everyone was like, up, up, Scorsese stood up and then Martin Scorsese got a standing ovation. Yeah, that was a good point. And it was just a really emotional point. But I cannot emphasise enough how big an upset this was. Sam Mendes had won all the precursors and was a very short price bookmaker's favourite to win this award. But when he was giving that speech as well, he thought he was done. He was like, yes. I'm now going to go and get drunk. <laughs> and he said that in English and we were like, okay, but yeah. I'm not sure you are done. I, I think he thought he was done after Best International Film. Yeah. Um, and this was a big surprise. And then he was like, now... now now I go to the bar and drink. You yeah. Know? And 
believe it or not, he wasn't done. Um, Floss, what is the next category? It's best actor. Uh, we've got Antonio Banderas, Leonardo DiCaprio, Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, and Jonathan Price. And as with the trend, the winner was Joaquin Phoenix. Wow, I mean that is that is a a, a great lot of nominations in there. Um, amazing actors, and uh, but we always knew. It was written in the stars. It was written in stone. It was just written everywhere. Joaquin <laughs> uh, Phoenix was going to win that. And uh, David, do you want to talk about his speech? Yeah, so his, I mean, his speech started off really awkwardly when he got up and everyone was clapping him and, and, and he said, no, please stop. Mm. And I thought, oh, blimey, what's he going to say? What he said in his speech was incredibly powerful, um, really, really relevant and he looked like a man that was troubled in the sense that he, what he touched upon was the importance of using your platform for good. Yep. So what he has is he does have a platform. You know, that speech is going to be played again and again on news for days to come, and he does have a platform, and he spoke about the environment, he spoke about veganism, he spoke about uh, gay rights, he spoke about equality for uh, people of colour. Yeah. Um, it was so much more. He spoke about second chances yeah. yes, and friendship. Cancel and culture. Yeah, and and yeah, so much that he covered in that speech. And, and yeah, I mean, the BAFTAs was a bit shaky, but covered a lot. That was well oh, done no, as well. I but like then, the BAFTAs. I, I mean, it was just a bit shaky as well, but it, it was still a fantastic speech. But this one was the one where he's mm. finally come to the end of his, his road of... of you know, trying yeah. to win win awards or receiving awards or whatever, and he's finally delivered the speech that he needed to deliver. Um, and it was it was brilliant. It really was. It, you know, veganism as well. I mean, you know, what he just covered everything, didn't yeah. he? And you touched upon it there, where where he spoke about second chances. As a man who's had many many second chances, um, I re- that really pulled on my heartstrings. And he concluded with a, a quote from River Phoenix, and that was just really really emotional and touching and a a, a really deserved award because like Craig says what would Joker be without Joaquin Phoenix we'll never know but with Joaquin Phoenix it was a a, a brilliant film and his performance I'm not going to say the s word but his performance I'll allow you an s word I'm going to say his performance was just incredible and I I think revolutionary sensational not it was sensational but I'm not gonna oh I just said it but um (laughs) and also I think it's one for the ages I think people will look back on that performance in 10 15 20 years time and, and say wow that was a real in, in, incredible performance. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. 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 Uh, uh, so the next... Oh, sorry. Oh, well, one tiny... I mean, he was never going to be nominated. I really loved George Mackay in 1917. Yeah. And I liked that when BAFTA gave them um, best film that Sam Mendes was like, I'm just going to let you do the speech yeah. as so that he could kind of get some acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, and I hope maybe in the future there's some more awards attention for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so the next category is Best Actress, and we've got Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan, Little Women, Charlize Theron from Bombshell, and Renée Zellweger, Judy. And the winner was Renée Zellweger, again, written in the stars, in stone, nothing written in sand. On, on parchment. On parchment <laughs> paper in, in, in ink that would never be removed from that <laughs> parchment. Um, she was always going to win. Somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> oh, blimey. No, that's good. I like that. Ah, uh, yeah, she was worthy, but Ooh. but her speech, the speech. Yeah. Oh God! So also at BAFTA, 
we had Joaquin Phoenix do a very straight to the point speech about the terrible, terrible situation of institutionalized racism in, well, particularly in the film industry, but across all walks of life. Mm. And then Renee Zellweger comes on stage with this like airy fairy little, oh, it's so nice. Oh, London loves you. Oh, you know, it was like fluff and nothing. And it just really threw into contrast that she was not saying anything. Yeah. She just waffled, didn't she? I mean, she said some nice things, but it just took her so long to try and say anything. And and in the end, I don't think she said anything at all, really. And you're right. Yeah, it was bad. There was a lot of air in that speech, and it didn't make me feel uncomfortable. I felt a bit uncomfortable for her because she didn't seem to really know what she wanted to say. No. And often when you don't know what you want to say, you can waffle on a bit. I'm the expert in doing that. Um, (laughs) But no, she... she, it, It didn't... How could you follow Joaquin Phoenix's speech? You probably couldn't. I mean, if she'd actually pre-planned and had yeah. a few things I mean, things she knew she was going to win, so why, why on earth wasn't there a more succinct, to-the-point speech? You know, you'll, I'll nev- <sighs> you'll never know. Unless we interview her one day. Well, hopefully. Why was your speech so terrible? Yeah, she did not use her platform to say anything relevant. No, not at all. And we've now come to our final category then. Oh, shout out to Cynthia Rivo for a really great performance. Carry on. Okay, uh, but before we do go to this uh, final category, we are going to have a little ad for Patreon. We interrupt this broadcast or visit Worth It, the film review podcast for an important announcement. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would like to remind you that you can now become a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month. This helps the podcast to continue to grow as well as offering the potential for bonus content and Is It Worth It merchandise. Your support helps the podcast stay alive. So why not become a Patreon supporter today? Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Is It Worth It podcast. That's right, and a massive big shout-out to all of our Patreon supporters and a huge thank you to you. So it's now time for the big one. It was the final award of the night, and it was... Look, it was so... I was so nervous, Craig. <laughs> I didn't know I. where it was going to go. Was it going to go to 1917? Was it going to go to Parasite? Parasite had taken that massive Best Oct- Octa... Best, <laughs> best Octopus Award. Best Octopus Award. No, it won the Best uh, Director. And as you can hear now with my voice, I was so... Do you remember? Yeah, I was... you were so worked up. But at this point in time as well, I, it was, what, 4am, 4.30am? It was oh just after God. 4 in the morning. I was so tired. Craig I, uh, was really tired. I, I was stimulated to the eyeballs. But I was so tired that my entire body was shaking. I could literally, <laughs> no, honestly, my arms were shaking, my legs, I was, and I couldn't keep my eyes open. And I, it was like horrible. Me right now. <laughs> yeah, a bit like you right now. But, yeah. um, what were the nominations? So the nominations for Best Picture were Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women. Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. And ultimately, um, Jane Fonda announced there, we played the clip at the start of the of the show, it went to Parasite, and the roof came off the place. This was not only a massive win for Parasite, it was a historical win. The first uh, international or first film in a foreign language to win Best Picture, um, it, it literally broke records. It, it It's... A huge revolutionary win, yeah. not only for film, but for the Oscars themselves. Just incredible, wasn't it? 
I, it, and I think nobody was completely expecting it at this point in time at all. I, for one, wasn't. I really thought this was going to go to 1917. I really did. And, yeah, oh, what a film. But no one can say Parasite didn't deserve it. No, because it did. It, it certainly just deserved it. But it's just that trend of foreign language films that, you know, win that category don't necessarily go on to win the best picture. No, well, they never have. And they never have. This is the first time that's ever happened. And it's testament to how the Academy is changing in some respects. But could this be a a ballot win in terms of it being put in one, two and three? I th- it's um, I mean, there are other podcasts that have delved right into the, the preferential ballot and how it would have come out. I think Parasite was probably number two and number three on a lot of ballots, and that's why it's ultimately won. So 1917 may have had more number ones than, than Parasite, but it, it didn't quite hit that 50%. But I've just got a feeling that Parasite would have been number two and three and four on a lot of ballots, and therefore mm. it would have won on the preferential ballot system. Going into this... Um, what I would like to say is that the betting market had spoken. So Parasite on the day had gone from four to one into two to one. So it halved in price. And I remember Craig, Craig gets a bit annoyed with me constantly talking about betting. But I said to him, Craig, Parasite, there's a lot of money coming for it. This is a really important move. And it got smashed in the betting all the way into 11 to 10 before finally winning that coveted Oscar. And I wasn't, I was surprised in the context of the whole awards ceremony. But once Bong Joon-ho won Best Director, for me, it looked like Parasite was going to win, and it did. And I've got to say, um, congratulations to everyone involved with Parasite. I think it's for the for the film industry, and when there's so much um, light being shone upon and questions asked about who's being nominated and why they're being nominated, I yeah. thought it was a really important win. There's a lot of amazing work coming out of South Korea, to be honest with you. And I think we're going to do, we're going to talk about it a lot more on the cinema at home with Ranjit at some point in yes, the future. Yes, that would be great. Um, as a lot of the films are on Mubi and uh, various other streaming services as well. And we would like to recommend some more South Korean movies and foreign language movies as well, just simply because, you know, it's just a different world of um, point of view. And, and I think it's great to watch other movie like movies like that, not just sticking to the usual Hollywood movies and um it, if we can recommend some great movies to you guys i think that you know it'd be great for I've you to got do that a great french comedy to recommend when we do that okay but well you're going to be joining us then for oh. cinema at home then yeah i'd love to okay cool Brilliant. Um, we just booked you then you could hear it in the room when parasite won you could hear how enthusiastic that crowd was yeah. and I, I can't wait now it's finally out here i can't wait for a day off and i can finally watch it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could you not watch it after this no i've got to go home and carry on painting oh I heard you paint houses. <laughs> well, we've now come to the end of this show. So thank you for listening to our Road to the Oscars. We've enjoyed the build-up and studying the Oscars so much that we've decided to commission this series again. Yes. yes. Uh, so we'll be back later on in the year for Series 2 of Road to the Oscars. If you'd like to get in contact with this show, you can do so by emailing us. E- emailing us? Emailing us. <laughs> I Apologies. Uh, the email address is my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com. That email address is my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com. You can also find all our social media accounts by going to is it worth it podcast.com. So goodbye from me. A goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And the Oscar goes to. Parasite.